Hey folks, this week on the XJ Talk Show, we delve deep into some motor mount tech as Josh asks for advice on which direction to go in replacing the blown out motor mounts on his 99 XJ. I also talk about a crime wave that's sweeping the nation where auto thieves are targeting Cherokees. And I also announced that Jeep has made it into the coveted 4x4 of the year award. We share some more iTunes reviews and listener voicemails, and we remind you guys about our move to Thursday. Join Tony and I as we have a great time on this week's XJ Talk Show. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. Looking back, it is easy to see the parallels between December 7, 1941 and September 11, 2001. Both were surprise attacks that claimed thousands of American lives and pushed our country towards war. The overwhelming destruction of that December day was devastating. 21 American naval ships were sunk or damaged. 323 American aircraft were destroyed. Thousands were killed, more were injured, and serving on the USS Arizona was a crew of 1,177 brave Americans. Of those, only 333 survived. Because of these terrible figures, the USS Arizona, sitting in its final resting place off the island of Oahu, is just like the Twin Towers in New York serving as the one lasting icon for Pearl Harbor's Ground Zero. Yes, the attack on Pearl Harbor was tragic, but it is important that we remember this chapter in American and military history so that our future generations who may only be familiar with the horrific images of 9-11 will also know about this tragic event and why it changed the country and the world forever. This December 7th, please join us here at xjtalk.com in remembering those who made the ultimate sacrifice on that one particular day that will forever live in infamy. killing giant spaghetti monsters everywhere. Watch out, they might be coming for you. Find out the top three ways to protect yourself after this. Welcome to the XJ Talk Show. You're listening to the premier podcast about Jeep Cherokees, off-road adventures, tips that you can use, and interviews with people in the off-road industry. And now, here are your hosts, Tony and Josh. Well, good evening on uh, our special new time. Well, I guess new day, Thursday, same time, 10 p.m. Central Time. And this is episode 106. I'm Tony. And I'm Josh. I'm also known as Motoroy on XJTalk.com. Almost why I wanted to say show. These these yeah. names are too similar. We should have called this show Tony and Josh. That would have been a lot easier. Yeah, that, that sounds familiar. <laughs> you know, it's a... Uh, and this this night feels familiar for some reason, but the context <laughs> is all off. I, I don't know. I'm kind of getting all twitchy over here. Well, you know, the Tony and Josh show was a lot of fun because we got to talk about all kinds of things. And uh, if you're a Tony and Josh uh, show, our, our other podcast fan, that'll be coming back in 2014. Uh, just kind of taking a little hiatic. Was it? Would it be hiatic? Would it be hiatus. hernia? A hernia? Yeah. Her, hernias? Hernia? I, I don't know. It's a it's yeah, a break with your hernia, folks. <laughs> it's a break. That's what it is. But anyway, it'll be back in 2014. But we're uh, taking over the new, the taking over the night, the to be a new night for the XJ Talk Show. Uh, I can tell that I probably should have slept a little longer. I'm a little tongue tangled tonight. Yeah, I know. I haven't warmed up either. Usually, we got that Thursday podcast out of the way and rolling into Sunday. Kind of got the podcast juices all flowing and warmed up and everything. And well, don't have that tonight. So, folks, uh, buckle in. It might be an interesting show tonight. Buckle up, putter, Buttercup. Now, I had an interesting, <laughs> I had an interesting Facebook conversation with a, a new show fan. It was pretty funny. A couple of weeks ago, she I, I posted up a, a thing on Facebook about, uh, you know, li- here's the new show. Listen to it. We had just got through doing it, I think, on Sunday night. So we had the YouTube video uh, that I was putting up on Facebook, reminding everybody about the link. 
And she says, uh, damn it, I keep forgetting the live show. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, everybody's got a phone and a calendar on it and a way to schedule things, but that's okay. I'm not going to go there. I said, I I took the positive road and said, it's no problem. It's also a podcast that you can download and listen to. And she goes, oh, great. So, (laughs) so this, you know, it's our, it's our own fault for not making sure people understand that it's not just a live show that we have here, but we're recording the podcast right now. And what we did was, and what we did was we came up on YouTube live so you could watch what was going on, kind of see how the bacon's made. Yeah. I was going to say that's a great payoff for a shameless plug. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, this past Sunday I posted up. Uh, you know, cause we, we did our last Sunday XJ talk show this past Sunday and, and I posted it up Sunday night and, uh, uh, the, well, actually, I guess it was Monday night cause I had put up the, the podcast. Anyway, this same young lady listened to the show and it was about 15 minutes after she said, Oh, great. Thanks. And she was going to download and listen or listen online. And, uh, she comes back with enough with the potato talk. Oh, <laughs> Do you remember the, you remember the first 15 minutes of the show? We're talking about potatoes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she minded. She was just giving me a hard time. Well, you know, potatoes or zombies were, you know, b- bound to piss somebody off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. But uh, on a side note, I had a small fry from McDonald's today. So that yeah, was, very that good, was bad. Very good. Yeah. Well, if you guys haven't gotten the gist of it, yes, Tony and I have moved the show from Sundays to Thursdays. So please head over to YouTube uh, as you're listening to this. If you're podcasting right now, uh, tell a friend, head them, send them over to YouTube. Make sure they find the XJ Talk Show YouTube channel. Subscribe because you guys will get the announcements. And, of course, you can join in on our live broadcast that we do every Thursday, 10 p.m. Central. The show has moved, so make sure if you know anybody who's got a Cherokee or enjoys the podcast or the show or even the site, make sure they're well aware of it. Oh, and I did want to mention uh, our opener uh, this uh, this weekend, Saturday, I believe, is uh, December 7th. And uh, everybody should... Uh, take a moment and remember uh, all those people that lost their lives and all those people that fought uh, to maintain our freedom in the United States, uh, not only in World War II, but even to this day, and uh, how they've lost their lives, uh, lost limbs, uh, even lost uh, uh, mental fa- their mental faculties through uh, traumatic, head in- head in- uh, t- traumatic head injuries. And yeah, speak traumatic head injuries it sounds like you're suffering from oh, one boy. right now <laughs> tough well see i got my hat i've got my xj talk hat that i always forget to put on so i'm th- i got uh, double duty here i'm thinking about okay when am i going to be able to put the hat on take the headphones off put the hat on and then get, get oh, back yeah. you know so <laughs> so you know, anyway. one of these days one of these days tony i'm gonna actually get the uh get the wherewithal to make my way out to hawaii and uh and i think you know one of the things that i'm definitely going to make a point to go see is the pearl harbor memorial there on off oahu uh, I've, I've only seen pictures of it, uh, and, and it just, it looks absolutely amazing. And, uh, and it's definitely, I, I think one of those absolute destination points that you must go see if you're traveling abroad. Absolutely. And, uh, also I'd like to say, uh, one of the places I'd like to visit is New York, uh, shamelessly just because I would like to try the pizza, but also too, I would like to take the moment to go into the memorial, uh, and, and I'll, I'll just say this. I think the memorial that they have for the Twin Towers there is wonderful. But, damn it, I think we should have built two more towers and made yes. them about twice as high as the ones that yes. were there. Or, or maybe just one big one. <laughs> I, I, was, uh, I was in New York about six years ago. Uh, first and last and probably the only time that I'm going to be out in New York. It was an absolute miserable trip. I think I might have, uh, have shared that experience on the, ex- or on the Tony and Josh show at uh, one point in time. Uh, nonetheless, I, I did uh, visit the well. Was still under construction, uh, the Ground Zero, the memorial that was there, uh, and things were. I mean, it was just an absolute mess there. They, I don't really think they had much constructed at that point. There might have actually still been a giant pit there uh, from when they were sort of taking down all the rubble and and getting things cleared out, getting ready for construction. Um, I got to say, Tony, the the pizza you're not missing much. Oh, really? Uh, so yeah, you know, honestly, honestly, the fresh roasted nuts way better than the pizza. You just ruined my life, man. I'm sorry. I know. I've read just <laughs> just rocked your world. Everything's upside down. Now I'm gonna hear that Chicago pizza is like, eh, who well, cares? See, now I was gonna say, I was gonna say, we're gonna have to meet up in Chicago and go try that or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right, guys, enough, enough talking yeah. about food and stuff like that. Let's get on to the good stuff. Let's talk about Jeeps. Did we talk about potatoes yet? We did. Okay. Yeah, I think there's some potato talk in there. Yeah, gotta get <laughs> gotta get that out of the way. <laughs> 
Yeah, so, well, guys, so, like, so I'm sorry. So I'll, let's hear about these motor mounts. I know you had a motor yeah. mount issue this past Sunday, and uh, I know you haven't had enough days to do anything about it, but you give me more thoughts to it. Uh, I, I have. In fact, I've I've been doing a lot of research over the last several days, and uh, you guys, my my head is spinning. Uh, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to our XJ Talk, uh, our, our our beloved listeners and uh, and fans and and users of the XJTalk.com website, uh, and ask for your guys' help because uh, I've posted up uh, the official motor mount thread, and it's basically every single motor mount option for the Cherokee that you could possibly find. Um, I'm pretty sure I've got about 99% of the interwebs covered in my research there and got a pretty good list of, of all the available options as far as motor mounts go. Now I have narrowed out a few of them. Um, some of them just don't look quite as beefy, quite as strong as some of the others. Like the Brown dogs, obviously, you know, extremely reputable, probably one of the best reputations as far as motor mounts goes for the Cherokees on the market. Everybody swears by them. Uh, you know, Ironman4x4.com, same thing. Bulletproof motor mounts. The more uh, mountain off-road engineering motor mounts, same thing. Those are probably the top three right now that I'm really bouncing back and forth. Yeah, there are a bunch of others out there. Uh, the the Curie Enterprises, now Curie is obviously very well known for their steering. Uh, they make a lot of you know, really strong uh, stuff for the Jeeps. Um, you know, Rugged Ridge, I've used Rugged Ridge stuff before on my Jeep. Uh, you know, I'm it just doesn't quite look like their motor mounts are manufactured to you know my specifications. The inner sides of them don't appear to be welded. Looks like they only welded on the outside of the mounts. So you know, same thing with the Daystars. Uh, you know, and the Curries are the same way. Uh, they just don't look as quite as strong as the other three that I mentioned. Now, Rusty's makes some out some out there, and of course, there's a ton of other you know OEM replacements and stuff, which I'm not even going to consider at this point. Now, the other thing um, they got to take into consideration are, well, there's basically just two options, either polyurethane or rubber. And uh, obviously, this comes down to a dampening issue as far as vibrations go. Now, the inline six is a fairly smooth running engine, uh, but it's definitely a very torquey engine, which is why I'm having to replace these motor mounts to begin with. But it's not notorious or it's not very well known for being the smoothest of all running engines. It's got some vibrations, and that's probably the one major complaint that I have read a hundred times or more about the polyurethane mounts. And for people who daily drive their Jeeps, this is a very, very big concern. It's a very big issue. Now, my Jeep is retired from daily driver uh, status right now uh, and probably will be for the rest of its life, I'm guessing. Uh, so I'm not too terribly concerned about that. But again, you know, I'm not trailering my rig either. I'm going to be driving it. There's a chance I might even be driving it clear down to the Rubicon here in the next year or two. It's going to see some miles. It's definitely going to see a lot of road miles. So, you know, I have to take the poly versus rubber uh, battle into consideration a little bit. So, you guys, you know, I'm, I'm reaching out there for you, uh, to you guys to, to, you know, share with me your experiences. Um, you know, call us up, call our 24-7 voicemail, voicemail line and leave me a message. Let us know uh, what, what you guys are running, what works for you. Tell me what, which direction you guys think that I should go. Of course, I'd love to hear from Iron Man Andy and uh, and get his uh, two cents in on this. I'm sure he's going to you know push me one very specific direction. And honestly, um, his are, have been at the top of my list. There's one thing that I'm worried about with both the Brown Dog and the Iron Man motor mounts is that uh, uh, some of them have um, a lift to them, meaning they lift the engine block a little bit from where they would where the engine block or where the engine would rest, um, you know, in the OEM style position. I believe the uh, the Iron Man 4x4 mounts uh, raised up about a quarter inch. I think the Brown Dogs do an inch lift. Um, there's several others out there that that I think even go farther than that or offer custom uh, applications. You know, I, I'm I'm not sure if I need that. I'm also you know worried about. Uh, I'm I'm very close to be doing a cowl intake snorkel, uh, like the Thor uh, cowl intake or cowl induction, um, uh, you know, hood intake, uh, which which. Is really cool, but the main reason I'm doing that is for a second uh, dual battery setup. But I digress. The problem is, is that you know, with a throttle body spacer and that intake tube, if I raise that motor up, is it going to interfere with the hood? So, and that's one thing that I can't have happen. I, I, you know, even though the polyurethane bushings are going to limit the uh, the engine travel, you know, how much the engine is moving around in the engine compartment, 
if it moves up and down against the hood, you know, I don't want, you know, rub marks or, or worry about, you know, possibly breaking the intake tube or something like that. These are just concerns that I'm trying to address, and I don't know if I'm overthinking things. I'm an engineer by trade. I got to think about this kind of stuff, guys. Well, if you don't think so about it now, you guys' help. If you don't think about it now, you'll be uh, wishing you had when you're broken down in the trail. Exactly. Yeah, um, and I, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But after the money's spent and the motor mounts are in, man, you're done. So, uh, yeah. I was so just, there's, there's. I was just going to mention on the Brown Dog motor mounts. Uh, you know that he come, he he makes those in various lifts. So you don't yep. have to get one with with a lift on it at all, right? Yeah, I know that they and they, they he he's got both rubber and poly as well. Um, Iron Man, uh, Iron Man Andy has got a polyurethane, which he lists a very specific durometer of eighty eight. And I, I, you know, on the durometer scale, I, I I don't know what some of the other ones rate at. I, ha- I have to call the, all the various manufacturers see if I can get that information. I haven't done that yet. So as far as an actual polyurethane durometer and the durometer folks is a measurement of hardness and uh the um or softness i guess you could go either way anyways uh i don't know how that measures up against other polyurethane bushings out there uh, at least in these other manufacturers the way that they use now the more the mountain off-road engineering um they have a um a tension rubber and it's uh similar to the the tension style rubber joints that are used inside the uh the, the metal cloak uh, control arms, uh, which have a great deal of flexibility, um, at least in a rotational manner, um, but not in a lateral or, you know, in a, in a lateral manner. So uh, that it's definitely something that I'm considering. I like the, I like the idea of, a, of the rubber just for the, the, the vibration dampening, but I'm not sure that it's going to hold up to the kind of wheeling that I do and for the kind of, you know, future wheeling that this Jeep is going to see. So you know, I'm leaning towards the poly, but there's other concerns that I have to address. So, man, I'm just, you know, I'm my head is a spin here trying to go, trying to make one final decision as to what I'm going to do for a motor mount. So do you recall the, uh, I, I, was, I actually did it and I'm having a hard time remembering the details, but do you recall the, the Brown Dog motor mount uh, um, interview I did with Tim? And we talked about uh, the main concern that you should have that, that he felt and, and I did the reason why I went with the motor mounts, Brown dog motor mounts, any really would have been better than what the, the stock one was. Oh but, yeah. But the absolutely. main problem was the, the bosses being broken off. So, um, what I did on mine was I have the Brown dog motor mounts that mount to the engine. And then I have the stock, uh, motor mounts that mount to the unibody. So I have the seven or eight mount points on the block. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, going to distribute the load across the the block, so it's less likely to break one of the those bosses. And in fact, the majority of his sales were people buying those motor mounts because bosses have broken off, and they were trying to shore up uh, a losing situation. You know, to try to keep using the 4.0 without trashing the block. Now, there's one thing I got to say about that and, and that I, I plan on trying to at least now because there, there's a, um, a boss or a stud or, or whatever on one side of the motor mount. On the other side, it's a, it's a bolt mm-hmm. um, that, that comes up through. Right. That's, the, I, that's the unibody side, not the engine side. Okay. So on the, um, the engine side, it's the through bolt that goes through the bushing itself. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm planning, I'm going to try at least I, I, once I pull it out, I'm going to be able to measure the hardware or I'm look it up in my factory service manual or something like that. But I I plan on replacing that with like some grade eight hardware. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a step in the right direction or not. Uh, I'm a little worried about, you know, I mean, obviously you can't be too strong. Uh, and so those plates are definitely attractive. The, 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 you know, the big, huge kit that uh, the brown dog offers. Well, I think now, Andy's are the same. I think Andy goes to, to all the same boss points, the seven or eight points that are there on the engine. Oh, now that I didn't know because the pictures on his website only show just the just the raw motor mount itself. It doesn't uh, it doesn't show those plates that sort of mount along the side of the block. So well, yeah, I wonder if because you know the motor mount is actually two halves. There's the part that goes to the the block, and then there's the part that goes to the unibody. That confused mm-hmm. me a lot at first. So uh, when you get a full kit from Brown Dog, you get both halves. I didn't buy a full kit. I just bought the ones that go to the motor. Brand new motor. I didn't want to take the run the risk, especially going off-road. No, nobody laugh. I'm, I'm going to take it off-road. 
<laughs> it will get dirty, folks. He promises. <laughs> but anyway, I didn't want to take the, ta- the, 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 the chance, especially going off-road with it breaking a boss. And then, you know, just go ahead and spend the 200 bucks, get the motor mounts. And I can always go with poly or – and actually, if I recall right, Tim was talking about uh, he has a uh, some uh, bushing compound that is a kind of a uh, in-between a rubber and a poly. Or maybe it's a poly that gives more flex. So uh, okay. now, in a conversation I had with Andy uh, for IronmanFab4x4.com, uh, he was telling me that uh, that was uh, he wasn't trying to compete with Brown Dog. He had just made some up and he was selling them. I don't know if that's changed. I don't know if he's if he's uh, actually going into the process of actually selling motor mounts now or not. But he's well, also a very good, you know, we know Andy, Andy's a great friend of uh, the XJ Talk Show and xjtalk.com, and we know how good uh, he, the, his stuff that he builds. I have a lot of it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I, I mean, without, without even seeing them firsthand, I, you know, I would swear by his motor mounts just by the appearance of the way they look like they're manufactured, uh, the, the thickness of the steel, the condition of the welds, um, the description that he goes into as far as, you know, everything that goes into these things it's not just selling points, folks. It's, it's definitely valid concerns that he very much addresses. Uh, and, and the only there's now there's one there's one thing that, that everybody swears by, and that's that if you when you do your motor mounts, you do your transmission mount at the same time, uh, just because one usually affects the other. Yep. If you got a transmission that mount that's going out, it's going to affect your your motor mounts. If your motor mounts are going out, like in my case, chances are the transmission mount is having to work double duty. Now, both my transmission mount and my motor mounts are less than a year old or so. And they're within, within about, you know, somewhere between 10 and 15 months, I'm going to say. Um, definitely not old enough that I would have expected the motor mounts to go out uh, until I started talking with some more people and, and finding out just, you know, what kind of forces are being applied to these things, especially when we're talking about larger tires, heavy off-road conditions, and all of the torque that these things see in low range with this torquey inline six four liter that we have. So, you know, all, taking all that into consideration, looking at Ironman Andes, he actually offers a, a transmission mount as well, but he advertises it for the ZJs, the Grand Cherokees, the early model Grand Cherokees. Now, I, I'm, I would very much like to run the entire kit that he's got, the motor mounts and the transmission mount together. I would love to have that kit in my, in my Jeep. Uh, I think it's, it's, it, it's a bulletproof installation. Now, he says that this is meant for, you know, transmission mounts that do not have the exhaust hanger coming off of the mount. Now, mine did have that, but it's broken off, and I've re-welded it, and I think it might even be broken off now and completely gone altogether. Uh, but I've got some other, you know, exhaust hangers throughout the system that's sort of taking care of that. And I can fab something up, weld it off, weld something off of his uh, mounts to, to address that if I have to. Yeah, I was going to say, you could put another, another uh, hanger in there if you needed to. Absolutely. Um, but I don't know if it's, you know, positioned right. If the measurements are all exactly the same between the Grand Cherokee and, and the Cherokee, as far as how, you know, the, uh, where it mounts up on the cross member in relation to where the transmission is. So well, you can just you know, I got, you call, give Andy a call. He loves I, talking to people on the phone and, uh, you know, he'll tell you exactly what you need to do. I've been, you know, up to my eyeballs in projects. Uh, I don't uh, want to hear work, excuses. So man. I have a phone call because no, honestly, if I call up Andy, chances are <laughs> yeah. it's going to be an hour and a half yeah, conversation. He, does. So. he he will tell you everything you need to know. He really will. And He's great customer yeah, service. You know. So yeah, it's it's uh, Andy. If you're listening, <laughs> buddy, um, you know, expect a call from me here very soon. Oh, he's going to call you. Pick your brains. He's going to call you, and uh, he's going to yeah, hope it's right. the worst time. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Are you busy? Three Good. In the morning. Here's what hey, you need I to do. Heard the podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Here you have some questions for me. <laughs> uh, gee, you know, I, I bet you we could have got him on uh, to talk about it. But uh, you know, love Andy's stuff. Uh, Ironman four by four fab dot com. Uh, but I, I'll tell you, man, I love my brown dog motor mounts. It would be very hard for me to choose between those two. Okay, so uh, because all I have read is basically just, uh, you know, web testimonials. Uh, so getting, uh, you know, straight from the horse's mouth here, uh, hey. you know, did you, did you go with rubber or did you go with poly? Well, see, that, that, that's what I was saying earlier. I didn't get the full kit. So I'm using the, the, uh, the, 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 the ones that bolt to all the, the bosses on the engine. And I used stock motor mounts okay, so that bolt to the unibody. 
And doing okay. that, I don't have the problem with the vibrations. Now, talk to Tim on the interview, and I believe he was saying that I could go with the uh, softer compound that he is selling now and, and get the – yeah, I'm remembering this better. You won't get the, 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 the same feel that you would get with the stock motor mounts because those are really soft, but it, won't be, it will be very close. But the, the, the compound, I don't know if it's rubber or what now that it's been so long since I did the interview, it will hold mm-hmm. up a lot better through the abuse. So, gotcha. Gotcha. So I, I probably will go that direction after uh, after talking to him about it on the show. I probably will go that direction when I'm I need to change the motor mounts. Now, the ones the the, the engine mounts are, are I'll never need to change those things. Good God, you could kill you could kill a zombie army with a, with, a, with those things. <laughs> They're huge. Did you did you notice a, a difference in performance as far as like your torque curve? Did it feel any different? The the seat of the pantsometer did it did it give you any change as far as that that's concerned after the install? You know it's so hard to say because I've had several issues. I had a, a, a clogged um, catalytic converter. Yeah, um, I forgot about that. And uh, I've got a crane cam in there. Uh, it's sixty over. So there's there's so many variables there for me to say. I mean, right now it's running great. I. I have a little bit of an issue between uh, 4,200 and 4,500 RPM uh, where it, it wants to stall. And uh, it, it's barely noticeable, uh, but it, it probably, it may be the springs because there's an issue when you go with the the uh, oversized cam that the springs kind of have a hard time getting the valves back where they need to be. And, oh, okay. and it's not really a float situation, but it, I guess it kind of, you could kind of think of that if you've ever floated some valves because you, uh, gave it uh, got it too uh, too high in the RPM range. Well, this this isn't in at the five five grand mark. It's like between I think it may be between four thousand and forty two hundred. It's like clockwork. So uh, I may be changing the springs here in uh, the next uh, few months to see if I can uh, get a better uh, get get a, get away from that. But it, it flies like a bat out of hell up to forty two four thousand RPMs, and after forty two fifty, it takes off like a rocket. <laughs> no, very nice. Well, I'm definitely going to be doing uh, motor mounts and the transmission mount at the same time uh, because I definitely don't want to take the risk of cracking my bell housing. They, uh, I've read several reports of people who, um, you know, that's one thing you got to watch out for and who have not done them both and ended up having that happen to them. Uh, they went too long without doing one or the other and they only replaced the motor mounts. And lo and behold, that transmission mount had been fairly worn out. Uh, or shot altogether, and you know, a couple thousand miles down the road, and they're doing some serious transmission work. So um, that's one thing I'm definitely trying to avoid because I'm, you know, I really don't want to start, you know, dumping a, you know, any money into that AW4 that I don't have to. Well, I would really highly recommend putting. A, I know you got to replace the motor mounts, but get something mm-hmm. that that ties into the multiple bosses, more than three, more than the standard three bosses on the engine okay. block because you don't want to get in a situation where you break a boss and you get out and play on the rocks. So I think it's a lot more likely to happen to you than it would be, uh, would be me. And cause I don't do rocks, uh, trails and uh, mud and blah, blah, blah. So, uh, anyway, Oh, quick update on my, uh, snorkel. Uh, if you guys remember, I cut through one of the uh, wiring harnesses going to, uh, the uh, ECU. I got all those things connected back together. Um, Carbs in Australia uh, recommended that I uh, take some black tape and cover those shrink wraps because uh, he was concerned that over time the, they may rub together and the may expose the solder uh, that is under, or solder, depending how you say it, uh, that's underneath the shrink wrap and then causing some shorts to occur. So uh, I thought that was a great idea, and uh, I'm going to be uh, wrapping uh, black tape around those individually. I'll probably have to use a... Uh, exacto knife <laughs> so i can cut off a little piece of black tape and also use it to uh, get it started uh, wrapped around there because man rubbing putting black tape around uh, wires especially when they're so close together like that is, is a freaking nightmare hey uh, josh in the butt. Yeah. Uh, you know, quick question for you uh you're i think you're the perfect person to ask this i had a bit of a problem getting uh those wires soldered back together uh they were not soldered the way i would liked for them to be uh, you know, where you heat up the wire and then the, the solder melts into the wire because I didn't have the wattage necessary on that soldering iron to do that. 
I have okay. a very good mechanical connection, and the the solders is kind of there uh, to keep them together. And it, it, I would say half of it is soldered properly; the other half doesn't have any solder on it. <laughs> it just wouldn't go so, through. So, what wadded uh, soldering iron would you recommend for? And keep in mind, this isn't the stereo speaker wire or zero cable <laughs> that you'd be running to a battery or something. It's this is the the wires that are running to the computer, maybe. 16 gauge 18 gauge uh some of them might even be 12 gauge uh by the looks of it um you know it's hard to say because really it's going to come down to the the gauge of the strands within the wire because you can get a great solder on like a 10 gauge wire with a low gauge with a low wattage soldering iron providing that the strands within the wire are are relatively small but if even if you've got like a 12 gauge wire uh, which and folks remember, uh, as you go up in gauge, you go smaller in wire. So you go down in gauge, you get larger in wire. So if even if you have like a 12 gauge wire, but the the individual strands in there are very large, uh, you're going to have a very hard time getting a good solder on those uh, with a low wattage gun. So it, it really comes down. And honestly, Tony, you're you're probably going to have a mishmash of of um, uh, of different gauges and and different uh, strand diameters within those uh, wire gauges uh, in that harness, uh, and and this could apply across uh, you know wide variety of uh, of wires throughout the entire vehicle. Depending, I mean, obviously, you know, we're not always soldering on wires throughout our you know our entire vehicle. Not every electrical connection needs to be uh, or should be soldered. Uh, so this isn't something that's that's going to pop in all the time, but. Um, you know, it's it's. I can't say that there's going to be one soldering gun, a specific wattage that's going to be best for all. Uh, honestly, I'm rocking a 20 year old Radio Shack soldering gun that I've had for ages, uh, and honestly, I have no idea what the wattage is on that thing, but it does everything that I need it to. And I picked it up for you know like seventeen dollars you know, a couple decades ago. I mean, it was you know, next to nothing. Yeah, well, the uh, one but it I'm, does the one I'm, I need it to. Yeah, the one I'm using is an electronics. Uh, soldering iron which is uh about i guess it's uh maybe 15 if, if i was using the one that was switchable it's probably 15 30 and now uh, this this one isn't switchable it's just you know plug and go right. uh and i mean i've done I, i've just beat the living heck out of the thing i do plastic welding with it I, I solder stuff with it now for the heavy soldering stuff uh nothing beats a butane powered soldering gun or if you're doing like things like four gauge or two gauge wiring when you're doing like a winch rewiring or battery uh wiring Stuff like that. Uh, just use a plain old torch. Yeah. Uh, you know, no, just, I, I knew that one. I was just trying to because I, I know you don't want to apply too much heat to the wire because it will melt the insulation, and you can melt wires together, and that can be inside the uh, the harness covering, and you may not know it until you know you're driving down the road and it makes contact. So that's right. I was the thinking like that, a 50 watt uh, soldering iron, but I figured I would uh, double check with you to see uh, what you thought. You know, the the number twenty five is floating in the back of my head. I think that you know might be twenty five or thirty. That that might be kind of the wattage range that's on my little you know old school wand that I use. Uh, I have a butane powered one, and I also have a torch that that I used when I uh, when I did my wiring upgrade for my alternator and, and charging and starting system. So um, you know I've I've used a variety of things, and honestly, it it, it comes down to the specific application, what you have, what you're working with, and what you're trying to accomplish. Um, but honestly, folks, uh, if you're just, you know, doing things like speaker wire, a lot of the interior wiring, um, stuff like what Tony's doing, chances are the soldering gun at your local radio shack or, or, you know, even something you can pick up like a home Depot or something like that is probably going to work just fine. So, uh, real quick, uh, I have not enclosed or not closed off the original factory opening on my airbox yet, but I'll be taking care of that this weekend. Just have to make a quick uh, rundown to, uh, uh, Home Depot or Lowe's and see what I can find that will uh, cover that. And I'm probably going to put some uh, uh, screws on there to make sure it doesn't fall off. I'm not going to just rely on the adhesive uh, to keep it on there. Uh, just a couple of screws to keep it down, self-tapping uh, into the plastic. But uh, should be able to, uh, uh, here in the next, um, I don't know, month or so, should be able to report on any um, MPG improvements over the cold air and uh, maybe a better airflow uh, out from outside the engine to inside the engine. So we'll, uh, we'll keep you up to date on those things here on the uh, XJ Talk Show. Very good. Hi, this is Eric from BNSF Recovery Team, driver of the Extreme Off-Road Wrecker, and you're listening to the XJ Talk Show.
You already know about XJ Talk on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. But did you know we're on YouTube as well? We have often on-road adventures, how-tos for fixing or augmenting your Jeep. Besides, man cannot live by sound alone, right? Come see what we got at youtube.com slash user slash xjtalk. Don't forget to subscribe and make comments on our videos. xjtalk.com. It's where you go when you're not off-road. First week in G. Well, hey guys, there's a new crime trend that's popping up in major cities all around the nation. Jeep drivers might want to be on the lookout in the coming months. Now, police all around the area saying that Jeep Cherokees are being targeted. That's right, folks. I said Cherokees. And thieves are getting away with it at an alarming rate, I might add. Now, officials are saying that the trend is way out of the norm. Typically, late model Honda Accords and Civics are usually the, the more stolen vehicles. These are the ones that the thieves are after because obviously the tuner market is uh, very large and, and you know parts are in demand. Uh, not to mention they're easy to steal, apparently. Uh, police departments around the nation have said the majority of the car thefts are happening in the early morning hours. They say thieves are smashing windows, rifling locks to get into the vehicles. They're not sure how the thieves are, are, are getting the engine started, but they're saying that they've devoted a lot of resources to the odd new trend and are hoping to bring this new crime trend to a stop as soon as possible. If you'd like to learn more about how to protect your own Jeep, go check out episode 74 of the XJ Talk Show. I list a whole bunch of, I give you a full breakdown of all the available options and vehicle security that you may have, some tips and tricks that's going to keep your Jeep in the driveway where it belongs. Now, Jeep made its way into the list of contenders for the 2014 4x4 of the Year Awards. Now, the 4x4 of the year test is unusual in that it's not a comparison of similar vehicles, but a test of the latest and greatest in 4x4 technologies. Now, it does require that the vehicle be off-road capable, obviously. Have a drivetrain equipped with low range, be be for sale in the early model year, and have a minimum production of 2,500, and most importantly, be significantly changed or improved from prior models with uh, with regard to off-road capability. Now, obviously, this leaves the 2014 Cherokee out of the mix. But like I said, Jeep did make it into the into the mix. Now, a new paint scheme obviously isn't going to cut it. This year, we have two trucks and two SUVs, and these four contenders bring an amazing array of off-road innovation. Now, there are two diesels, two gas, two rigs with fully independent suspension, one solid axle suspension, and one with some of both. Every vehicle has heated and cool seats and navigation screens, all that fancy stuff, but only one has leaf springs. Now, there were no driver-selectable lockers in the bunch, but in the steering range, the steering ranged from a hydraulic pump and gearbox to an electric rack and pinion to one that is half electric and half hydraulic. There's a whole mishmash of stuff going on in these. Now, the four vehicles in this year's test are the Chevy Silverado 1500, the Ram 2500 diesel, the Grand Cherokee diesel, and a supercharged Range Rover Sport. Now, these contenders may seem like odd opponents in an off-road WrestleMania, but in fact, they're all quite capable in their own right and have something that's not been seen in the market before. Now, our question is, which one is going to be the best of 2014 and which ones are going to be sent home to keep training for next year? Well, that's pretty damn sad. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't want to hurt any, any Chevy uh, owner's feelings, but uh, that, that's a pretty sad list. I mean, especially the Grand Cherokee. Uh, I mean, damn, looks good at the grocery store. <laughs> now it is the diesel, and and the, well, the they've diesel done a that's lot. Being, I, you know, I know they've done a lot. You've been reporting on it, and it, it sounds very impressive. I just, I just have a problem with all those uh, accoutrements, uh, yes, amenities. Yes, there, there is certainly lots of bells and whistles on all of these rigs, and the Grand Cherokee is not without its bunch of bells and whistles. I mean, geez. Now, don't get me wrong. I would love a set of heated and air-cooled seats in my XJ. Uh, that honestly would be just cool as hell. Well, I don't know uh, about you, Josh. Cool I, don't, I, don't, the, the, I don't know about you, Josh, but I can heat and air-cool my seats all by myself. <laughs> yeah. Self-contained system, folks. Yes. You heard it here first. <laughs> Oh, gee. Anyway, uh, sorry to interrupt. I just had a joke there that, uh, you know, spun up. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Hey, hey guys, uh, speaking of uh, uh, four-wheel drives, and, of course, you know, uh, here on the show, we talk about all kinds of stuff, and Tony and I have actually talked about um, zombie stuff at length, and on our other podcast, we actually had dedicated a, a fair amount of the show 
to talking about zombies. And I'm not going to go too deep into this, but I just want to show our live listeners a little something that came in the mail today. And this is my official United States zombie hunting permit for 2013 <laughs> and 2014. That's right. I've got an official zombie hunting permit that came in the mail today. Nah, 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 nah. Uh, so go and get yours uh, today. <laughs> now, Josh forgets, but everything's reversed. So whenever you guys saw that, oh. it, it was reversed. And I think it says four-wheel drive. Turn it yes, around, it Turn it around, it's, Josh. Oh, it's going backwards. It doesn't work. <laughs> I just wanted to see if you'd go for it. <laughs> oh, it's not see-through, guys. <laughs> so anyway, but I think it's a four-wheel drive uh, zombie sticker, right? Yeah, there was a there was a, a sweep a sweepstakes uh, through four wheel parts and and four wheel drive hardware that that I entered and uh, entered several times trying to win some goodies. Uh, obviously, I didn't win. Of course, I would. <laughs> you got a sticker, <laughs> but I got hey, you know, runner up or whatever. You know, I got I got mine. So that's that's all that matters. <laughs> You've won a brand new sticker. Hey. <laughs> yeah, it could have been worse. You've won a brand new 2014 Jeep Cherokee. Um, I'm going to pass or something. No, you'd have to take it. You know, I'm seriously considering doing the, uh, checking into the Kickstarter thing. It would be, that would be a hoot if we could actually get enough money together to buy and crush or at least destroy a brand new, less than a hundred miles Jeep Cherokee, 2014 Jeep Cherokee. That would be you hilarious. Know, I, don't, I don't think it costs anything to get one of those started. I mean, yeah, there's going to be some time in, in getting it generated and, and following through with everything. But, you know, with, with as much buzz as I've seen on the web um, for, uh, around this 2014 Cherokee and how the, 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 the real true Jeepers out there really just hate this thing. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, there's, there's so much behind that movement that I, you would have to generate a substantial amount and, and I'm, I'm sure there's a, a venture capitalist Jeeper out there <laughs> that would cut a nice big fat check. And uh, just just for the satisfaction alone, uh, you know, we'd have to find a central location, uh, get some people to come out, make a big event out of it. You know what would be cool is to do it at the, uh, the, the next Easter Jeep Safari. The 2014 Easter Jeep Safari, we bring in one of those cranes with one of those big wrecking balls, and we do a big, huge group countdown, you know. Five, four, three, two, one. You know, drop this gigantic, you know, fifty-ton wrecking ball right onto a brand new Cherokee. I think that would be be sweet. You know, I wonder if Miley Cyrus would agree to to ride the wrecking ball. <laughs> <laughs> ride that thing all the way down. We'll take out two birds with one stone. <laughs> no, I like Miley. I think she's just playing a game that she's got to play to to stay relevant. Uh, no, but uh, we'd get her off the ball before it hit the Jeep, but I think it'd be fun to give it a couple of swings, you know, with her yeah. on it. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe we get Absolutely. her to shoot the finger at it, you know, it'd be, uh, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. We can auction off the, uh, the scrap metal or something like that for a good cause and, uh, you know, get, get people to spray paint some signatures on it or something. I don't know. I think, I think that would be one heck of an event personally. Yeah. We could uh, take pictures and, uh, put stuff on them like it'll buff out uh that'll buff right out and- <laughs> <laughs> yeah that'll buff just a scratch <laughs> you know it'd be fun uh i guess the some of the stuff we could do on the uh, uh you know i can't remember the the kickstarter uh is uh you could uh, uh you know for a certain amount of like for 100 bucks you could uh, uh be the first to take a uh, sledgehammer and get yeah. you could get five good whacks at it uh, you know, we'll get a uh, we'll get a local uh, gun shop to bring out like a Gatling oh, gun yeah. or a mini gun or something what's, like that. What's that, that explosive stuff a, that they use? Those uh, those little containers that you shoot and explode. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just do a lot of stuff to <laughs> yeah. it, you know, before the final crushing. No, that would be uh, that that would be a lot of fun. I, I just there would be so many people that would sign up for that. There'd just be so much satisfaction to go around. Uh, it would it would be definitely something that would go down in the history books. Yeah, if it if it worked, and and, it, and maybe even so, even if it didn't work, because it would it would shine a light on the the how much hatred there is for this thing. And and again, I'll say it. I'll say it again. Make sure I'm very clear on this. I love Jeep. Jeep needs to make money any way they can. I have no problem with them making a profit. Change the name. Call it something yes. else. Call Absolutely. It, this what, this what vehicle it? can be, I mean, continue the Liberty, continue the Patriot in, in this model line. Just for God's sakes, Jeep, man, you shouldn't have called it a Cherokee. I'm how, sorry. How about Baby Grand, uh, Chiro Knot? 
Chero car. <laughs> Chero not. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Still a little too close to home, though. Yeah, it kind of is, isn't it? But but it would be funny, uh, you know, because they had started it with the. You know, this reminds me a lot of uh, the new Coke thing. <laughs> you know, when they yeah. had the Coke, and it's like, oh yeah, let's uh, let's come up with new Coke. Tastes just like Pepsi. And people just went insane, and then they had to come back with a classic Coke. I think classic. somebody, yeah. I, I think somebody lost the original recipe, and they were trying to cover their butts. Hmm. Yeah. Very well. Could yeah, be. Yeah. Knows. Well, guys, uh, I, I invite you guys to call our twenty four seven voicemail line. Uh, tell us what you would like to do to the twenty fourteen Cherokee if given a chance. Um, you know, if we started up this this Kickstarter thing and you threw in a bid, what would be something that you would like to see? Uh, you've given the chance to do to a Cherokee, whether it be, uh, you know, get hit at it with a sledgehammer, light it on fire, a barrage of Molotov cocktails. You know, let us get, I mean, just get wild with those ideas. Call the 24 7 voicemail line and let us know what you would like to do to a 2014 Cherokee. That number, folks, 530 675 4102. You know, I'm just thinking for a $1,000 uh, uh, entry gift, whatever, to the Kickstarter project. You could uh, drive it off a three foot ramp. You know, get, get <laughs> some airtime. The whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> get some airtime. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got another uh, voicemail. Let's uh, let's get into that now, and uh, well, let's see what uh, it's from Nikki G, and let's see what he has to say this week. Hey, this is Tony, and this is Josh from the XJ Talk Show. We want to thank you for calling our twenty four seven voice line. Yes, we do. Just leave your first name and your question or comment. There's no guarantee, but we may play your message on the podcast. Oh, and don't worry about keeping it clean. We'll take care of that. Now it's your turn to speak at the beep. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, imagine my surprise when I turned on my computer this morning and found out that there was an XJ Talk podcast that aired Sunday. I thought... uh, you guys weren't going to do it starting this week. Uh, it's, that's what I get for uh, missing the production meeting. That was a pleasant surprise, sort of like when uh, you order French fries from Burger King and you find that one straight onion ring in the box. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's about it. Oh, and uh, uh, 50 on the package on your whole saw, Tony, stands for 50 feet. That's uh, how far you have to throw it before you get any real satisfaction. And the reason why you had such a tough time drilling that hole is because you had a red Jeep. If I had any other color, it would have chewed through it like butter. Uh, All righty, guys. I'll chat you later. You have a good one. Bye. Ooh, red Jeeps are sexy. (laughs) And apparently hard to drill. You know, well, (laughs) you know, I was giving some thought to uh, your dilemma there with that hole saw um, after uh, after last, well, our last uh, show, in fact. And uh, you know, I was wondering if it was if it was the paint's fault, not not necessarily the paint's <laughs> color. I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go down the path that Nikki G did. Why? Thank uh, you. In all in all seriousness, um, now I mean, you think of a saw and and well, on metal that should just be able to cut right through the paint, you know. But you start spinning that that saw blade up, and and it starts to sort of melt that paint. In fact, the clear coat, the paint, the primer, everything that's underneath, you know, are, are rather above the the, the actual metal. That saw blade's got to go through that, and it's it, it very well could have gummed up the actual cutting edge of the blades. Now, I'm not saying that is what happened. I'm not even saying that's possible. I'm just sort of mulling around ideas in my head because I, I just still it, it boggles my mind that it took three hours to to drill a hole through that thing. But uh, but nonetheless, I mean, I'm I'm glad it's done, and I'm very much looking forward to uh, to hearing all the results and 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 hopefully. Uh, see some MPG increases on this. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, I'm currently, yes. <clears throat> I'm, I'm currently seeing a an issue. Uh, well, actually, I'll take that back. I've been seeing an issue with uh, driving at 70 miles an hour and getting vibrations. Now, last week it was pretty rainy, and I actually pulled it in four wheel drive uh, full time. And oh. to, to my amazement, it was much smoother driving 70 miles an hour there was there was some vibration but it was notably much better so uh, i checked with matt on that and uh, i still haven't done it i'll probably do it this weekend he suggests that i check and see if where the uh drive shaft the front drive shaft uh, splines meet you know where the slip joint is in the middle 
to yeah. check and see if there's a problem there, if it's loose or because uh, he thinks that while when it's under load, it is taking that out to a large mm. degree, and and the vibration is going away. So <clears throat> the vibration I've been having multiple vibration issues. Uh, first was the the shims in the rear, which I took those out. Uh, you know, since I have the slip yoke eliminator, and uh, boy, it just felt like a whole other vehicle between zero and about sixty five miles an hour. And after about sixty five miles an hour, you start feeling vibrations. Uh, so it looks like those vibrations are going to be related to the front drive shaft. And uh, now, I may be getting well, another drive shaft here in a little while. Now, vibrations not vibrations can be from several different causes. They, they don't always necessarily stem from a mechanical issue or uh, something that's necessarily out of balance in the way that you're thinking. Vibrations can oftentimes be harmonic in the sense that you know, you've got to get up to a certain speed before those harmonics are created. Uh, and if, and if just, just like a driveline, driveline vibrations after a lift, oftentimes they, you know, you'll, they'll be very prevalent between 25 and 35 miles per hour. And that is very indicative of, of the amount of rotations that are happening on the driveline at that speed. Uh, and of course this is all relative to tire size and, and everything else. You got a lot of things to consider, you know, gearing and stuff as well. Um, but nonetheless, harmonics could be an issue here. Um, as, as far as it, it might be, you you have a tire that's out of balance. You could have thrown a weight, um, and one tire is out of balance, and you don't really notice it until you get up to a certain speed, and the harmonics start to build up. And it is a building uh, issue to where those harmonics build and create vibration. Uh, and and it could uh, appear as if it's a driveline vibration. It could appear as if um, you've got something out of balance, a motor mount going wacky or a transmission mount or something like that. Um, another thing that you might want to consider is if if you're the one who's typically doing all of your oil changes, uh, if every time you do your oil change, are you greasing everything that should be greased? Uh, or are you just swapping out the oil? That's one thing that a lot of that I hear a lot of people forget about. They uh, you know save a lot of money by doing their own oil changes, uh, but then they forget to do all the other stuff that is typically done when you're at a service center. Uh, and so that might be something you want to look into as well. And I'm not saying that you're, you know, neglecting your maintenance or anything like that, but it could be something very simple and, and not necessarily a large mechanical failure, like a driveline that needs to be rebalanced or something like that. Yep. All good tips. I think in my case though, since I've been having this, uh, problem around 70 miles an hour for several years now, uh, I ah. think, you know, different tires, different balancings, all, all kinds of different things going on since that time. Uh, I think that I finally nailed it down to it being a uh, probably a drive shaft issue. And uh, the other thing I noticed that if I was traveling at 70 miles an hour and I let off the the gas, I would get vibration. You could definitely feel the vibration there. So whenever the the torque is taken off of whatever piece on the front end it is, because it doesn't have to be the drive shaft. It could be the ring and pinion. It could be uh, the bearing uh, that holds the the pinion in place. The, there's all kinds of things that it could be. Um, but, uh, it, like, like Matt was suggesting, it probably is the drive shaft cause that's a, a big piece of spinning, spinning metal and, uh, it's long. So it has a, a, a much more of an opportunity to move around. Yeah. Typically, you know, um, a carrier backlash does not that, that preload on the carrier, it's very difficult for that to be thrown out of whack. Mm -hmm. Uh, so a, an issue with the ring and pinion, the, the gear setup, it's unlikely. I'm not going to say it's impossible. It's just unlikely. A, a very, very easy way to do some troubleshooting, Tony. Um, and, and actually, if you're going to be doing any, you know, a little bit of work on the Jeep anyways this weekend, like on, on your airbox, climb under there with, a, you know, with a couple of wrenches real quick and just pop that front drive line out. You don't necessarily need it for your daily commute. So for the next week, drive without your front drive shaft and see if that, uh, if that vibration changes or if it goes away altogether, just a little bit of a process of elimination uh, type of troubleshooting here and see if, if, um, if removing the front drive shaft, taking that out of the equation changes it. Well, I could do that, but I think that uh, with it in two wheel drive, I have the vibration and putting it in four wheel drive full time. I think that pretty well uh, nails it down to being something forward of the, the transfer case. So if I remove the drive shaft, I take out uh, if I remove the front drive shaft, then I take out everything that's in front of the transfer case. So, yeah, I mean, it's either the drive shaft or what the drive shaft's connected to on the differential 
uh, the front end. So yeah, absolutely, I, I'm going to see a difference. But I think what I have to do is identify um, what the problem is with the uh, with the drive shaft and uh, and fix it. I've priced a, a few on eBay. The, my only concern is, I, you know, I don't know. I got to check with Matt. Uh, he told I asked him. I said, can you re- can you repair the spline? Can you repair the slip, slip yoke? I mean, maybe not me, but can somebody do it? He says, well, check and see if that's the problem first. I went, yes, sir. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so no. I don't know. I may have to get it. I may have to get a whole other drive shaft because I've never been this way before. I don't know if you have to, if you can repair them or not. Now I, I've got a, an outfit near me and, and I'm going to give them a little bit of a plug here because they deserve it. They've, they've taken very good care of the four wheel drive industry in the Portland metropolitan area near where I live uh, for many, many years. And they are a chain. Uh, they are all over the nation. I'm not sure if you have one near you, but it's an outfit called six states. And typically, they are a uh, a large diesel truck, um, uh, not retailer. Um, they provide stuff for the guys who do you know heavy trucking, um, you know uh, the semi trucks and stuff like that. But almost every single six states out um, retailer has a driveline shop that's connected to it, and uh, they do phenomenal work. These guys are typically doing work on diesel truck, you know uh, these big semi truck. Drive lines, massive, massive drive lines, huge, long drive lines, and uh, there's a lot that goes into them. So when they see something for a Jeep, they're like, "Oh yeah, you know, we can do that in our sleep," and it ends up being some just amazing work. Uh, and not only do they do they you know they can rebalance drive lines, but they give it a fresh coat of paint, slap in some new U joints for you, do whatever you want, shorten, lengthen, you know, whole nine yards, create one from scratch for you if you need. Uh, so if you have a six states in your area. Folks, or if you're listening, you have a six states in your area, uh, go check them out. They definitely take care of us off-roaders. Yeah, that's the other thing. Uh, you know, Matt had a problem with his Tom Woods drive shaft. It was uh, not in balance and, and out by quite a bit. And, oh, my. Uh, yeah, so he had his uh, rear drive shaft balanced, and he's uh, uh, going to be getting the front uh, drive shaft, which is also a Tom Woods uh, uh, checked for balance because uh, he is, uh, Matt is very, um, well, I'll just say anal about vibrations. He wants it very smooth, and I yeah. gave him I gave him a hard time at first, but once I got my uh, that shims the shims out of the back, boy, it just was. It felt like you were just going to press the gas and the thing was going to take off. It was just so nice and smooth. I had forgotten because it was it. You know, it's a four wheel drive. It's supposed to be this way. It doesn't have to be, guys. You can uh, take a little time, uh, spend uh, very little money. And uh, make it a much nicer ride, and you know the girls will like it that way too. So, oh yes, that's a very good point. <laughs> very good point, Tony. Well, hey, another thing that I'd like for you guys to do. I know we've been asking a lot of you guys this episode, but head over to iTunes. Make sure you guys, uh, for all of you Apple device users out there uh, or iTunes users out there, make sure you guys are subscribing, checking out the XJ Talk Show through iTunes, and make sure you guys give us a five star review and leave a comment. We actually had a comment here recently pop up, and uh, and well, Tony, why don't you go ahead and take the reins on this and share with people our latest comment? Yeah, I kind of missed this one. We don't uh, see a, a a lot of iTunes reviews, and as Josh was saying, you guys could actually help out with that by uh, putting more in there. So I don't always check it every week, but uh, so I, I missed one. But this is from uh, November thirtieth, uh, XJ Life uh, by Brent two thousand XJ. Best podcast out there. I've been listening to the show for over a year now and caught up on every episode for. From the start, uh, poor guy. Those early episodes. Oh, oh anyway. boy. Yeah, <laughs> I've been there. I've been there, buddy. <laughs> Just purchased my first Apple device ever, an iPhone five. So now I can finally le- uh, uh, leave an iTunes review. Oh, okay. Uh, great show, Tony and Josh. Gets better every show. It pretty much has to, doesn't it, Josh? <laughs> I would hope so. We're trying at least. Well, hey, that's an awesome review. Thanks for the five stars. Really appreciate it. Guys, make sure you guys are heading out there and doing the same thing. If you are listening to the show on iTunes, please leave a review. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Even if you don't listen to it on iTunes and you do have iTunes, go over there and leave a review because it helps the show. It helps people uh, find us. Uh, you know, Tell people about the show if you like it. Uh, if you don't like it, complain to them. They'll probably listen anyway just to see how bad it is. Yeah, right. And guys, we are on Stitcher Radio as well. And of course, our live shows every Thursday now, 10 p.m. Central on I, on iTunes, on, on YouTube. Guys, get over to YouTube and find the XJ Talk Show on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Please leave us some comments. And, uh, and well, join us every week for our live shows. Oh, and uh, if you've got that voicemail number in front of you, Josh, and I know you do, let's uh, remind him about the voicemail. 
Absolutely, guys. That voicemail number one more time, 530-675-4102. Give us a call. I've asked you guys to leave me a few specific voicemails, so I look forward to hearing from you guys soon. Yeah, and we'll be playing playing it on the show just like we do Nikki G. And uh, by the way, thanks a lot, Nikki G. You always keep us laughing. I can always count on uh, uh, your voicemails. Really appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time and uh and the effort because it does take a take an effort to come up with stuff that's uh, that's funny and speaking of playing guys our uh, amazon you bought and what is going to return next week so make sure you tune in to episode 107 of the xj talk show for another rising uh game of you bought and what yep yep and uh that will also you know, we'll actually be doing the giveaway the amazon gift certificate uh when uh, josh screws up and says that magic word a button guys i do it all the time <laughs> that's that's gonna be extremely embarrassing does your girl does your girl give you a hard time about it i'm turning red right now just think about it so. <laughs> well josh's embarrassment can be uh, money in your pocket with the uh, the amazon gift certificates that we're giving away you know josh we need to get some of the past winners on here and uh give us a little uh thank you a promo what did i buy uh you know <laughs> I wonder if uh, that butt plug that we read about last time was uh, purchased with a gift certificate. <laughs> I'd forgotten all about that one. Yeah, well, <laughs> time there, good times. <laughs> every time I uh, every time I sit on something, I go, oh nope, okay, good, I'm all right. <laughs> all right, guys. So next Thursday, come join us in the live show. And oh, by the way, uh, you can catch the podcast now on Mondays. First thing Monday. 